praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Do you love Jesus Christ this morning, saints of God? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, my goodness. Would you look at about three people? Would you give them a big, fat, happy new year this morning? Can you do that? Oh, come on. Happy new year. Happy new year. Happy new year. Happy new year. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. 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 Oh, my goodness. Isn't the Lord good? Oh, come on. Isn't the Lord just good? <laughs> oh, praise God. Praise God. And I'm going to say this because the mantra and the narrative the last couple of years when it's come from New Year's time, it's been this big celebration that we're just going to look behind at the year that we're leaving and we're going to wave big goodbye to it, good written, see you later, all that kind of stuff. But I believe the church needs to have an understanding to look back on the year and just see how much God has revealed His grace unto us. I don't know about you, but I've had times in the year 2021 where I needed the hand of God to touch me. I needed the hand of God to guide me. And I needed the hand of God to provide for me. And I found out in the year 2022, thank you, Linda, in the year 2022, that God had his hand upon me and he revealed himself to me in great and powerful ways, many upon many times over. Is there anybody with a testimony this morning that can say the Lord had their hand on them in the year 2022? And is there anybody this morning who's gonna testify to the fact that as last night we rung in 2023, you want to know how I, I had a special device last night ringing in 2023. Oh, oh, I, it was unique. I, I know how it sounds. Anybody want to hear? Want to know how it sounds? Here's how it sounded. That's what you do when you hit the big 4-0. That's how you ring in the new year. Hey, Amen. That's how you ring in the new year. And uh, my wife and I, we were just kind of done. So we woke up about 6 o'clock this morning, kissed, and said, Happy New Year. So actually, we didn't kiss. You don't, you don't kiss with morning breath. Amen. Amen. Somebody, the way my brain works, these little random thoughts that come in it at times. You ever seen those adventure movies where the, where, where the key characters, the protagonists, the man and woman, they fall in love and they're like all disgusting after they've been crawling through volcano lava or they've been running away from dinosaurs and they give each other a big kiss and you're like, oh my gosh, y'all need to brush your teeth before you do that. Let me tell you something else about adventure movies. You ever notice in adventure movies, thriller movies, the cars have unlimited gasoline in them? And every time they find a gun randomly, it's always full of ammunition. No matter what. And something hit me too about science fiction movies, especially Star Wars movies that I love. They just so happen to know how every ship they jump into works and they know how to drive it and pilot it. It's something. When they're Hollywood, I guess they're allowed to do stuff like that. They're allowed to kind of stretch reality just a little bit. 
Some of us in the year 2022, we had realities that were hard to face. We had situations. I, I, I had plans to share a story with you this morning. And the Lord has opened up doors of ministry for Rodney Pike Church of God. And one of them has been, I'm so excited. We're back doing services in care facilities. The Lord has opened that door again. Pastor Bynum says something that I love and I appreciate. He says, you want to show me a true preacher is somebody that will preach in a nursing home. He says, you want to see a true preacher is somebody that will put down the sanctuary microphone and will preach in a nursing home. Sister Frida Wilson gave me opportunities years and years ago. I made a little mistake with her husband. We're not going to talk about that right now at this particular moment. But she gave me up. Be quiet, First Lady. We're not, we're not going to talk about that right now. Amen. I, I thought her husband lived there, okay? All righty. But opportunities. And I had the opportunity two weeks ago. Last week was Christmas Sunday on the 18th. And I went with our nursing home team. And they rallied some people. And they made this impromptu little Christmas choir. Let me tell you, no, we got some choir singers in this house. If we ever want to do a holiday choir, man, they made this little impromptu choir. They sounded really good. But I went and I played the piano for them. And there was a dear little lady sitting in the front of that room who was ready to run me out on a log. She gave motion saying my piano playing was way too loud. And we're trying to close things up and close in prayer. And she looks up at Vicky, and she says, if that boy comes back to play the piano, you make sure we know it and that he's on the program. She wanted heads up. She wanted warning. Stuff happened. It's happened the last few years. It's not been on the program. It's come without warning. But one more time, I just want to rejoice in the Lord for his goodness and his mercy that has carried me and has sustained me this entire way. I'm thankful for where I've come from. But Rodney Pike Church of God, let's celebrate for where we're going to also. Amen. Can you give the Lord one more hand clap and a shout before I get into the message this morning? Praise God. Amen. Amen. I know many of you have celebrated and you've been up late. My goal is not to keep you too long uh, this morning. So very quickly, if you would go with me, a very common account, time in scripture, in the book of Zechariah chapter 4. Praise God. Thank you, praise team. Thank you, children's ministries team who can't hear me right now. Thank you, nursery team, for making today possible. Amen. Thank you, security team, safety team. Thank you, hospitality team. Amen. Thank all these ministries that just make today's like today. Go good, go well. Thank you to the media team. Amen. Because sometimes the media team is one of the ministries. They got to take a signal. They don't know what we're talking about, okay? You know, it could, you know, this could mean turn it up, turn it down, turn it sideways, turn it vertical ways or something like that. So we appreciate our media team, both uh, visual and audio. Amen. Zechariah chapter 4. As a text, I'd like to read the first four versage, verses of that chapter. It says, now the angel who talked with me came back and wakened me as a man who is wakened out of his sleep. And he said to me, what do you see? 
So I said, I am looking. And there is a lampstand of solid gold with a bowl on top of it. And on the stand, seven lamps with seven pipes to the seven lamps. Two olive trees are by it, one at the right of the bowl and the other at its left. So I answered and spoke to the angel who talked with me, saying, What are these things, my Lord? Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you this morning. Thank you, God, for another year. Thank you, God, for another year of provision and blessings and miracles. Father, I'm believing that we have yet to see the greatest of days. I believe that wholeheartedly. Father, I am believing this morning that we have yet to see the highest number of souls won to the kingdom of God. I am believing, Father, that we have yet to see the greatest number of ministry that will happen, Father. Lord, I, I don't even know what you have in store, but I'm not going to put any kind of a boundary or a limitation as to what you have in store for this house. Father, I just feel a leading and an unction to pray boldly this morning. I am believing for facility expansion at the Rodney Pike Church of God. And Lord, if it be your will, if there are cities and towns that campuses need to be established, let it be so, God. If there be other ministries that need to rise up, let it be so, God. Because there is a work that you desire to do. And Father, you desire to do it and complete it. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody in agreement, will you say amen? amen. Praise God. This morning I'd like to preach a message and exhort to you for just a few short moments. The work will be finished. The work will be finished. Zechariah chapter 4, it starts off and it gives this, this, this opening that the prophet is speaking. And he is speaking as though somebody, this angel who had been speaking to him already previously, come and woke him up out of a sleep. It came and this angel came and woke him out of a slumber. Commentators believe that what had happened was there was previous vision shared to Zechariah and there was a level of intensity with this particular vision and it literally wore him out and he was tired within his body. But regardless of what the theory is, the why he was sleeping, Zechariah was in this slumber and this angel came and pulled him up out of his slumber. I'd like to take a moment and I'd like to just kind of reflect and talk about what exactly is happening in a slumber. Our bodies are at a rested state. Our bodies are at a state to where there is a lot going on in the world around us, but we're unaware of what is happening in the world around us. Some of us have dreams of epic proportions and it just seems like, Oh my goodness, I can't believe that that thought was even running through my head. Sometimes we'll have dreams that will cause great fear and anxiety. Sometimes we'll even have dreams where God is trying to tell us something. I believe 
that sometimes one of the greatest attacks of the enemy is breaking the church away from a reality. It is a breaking away to where what we want to do is we want to turn our shoulders to what's happening outside of the boundaries of the church. And truth be told, the flesh has a desire to run toward that mindset. I don't know about you, but there are times that I absolutely love coming into this house after a crazy week. Can I have an amen to that? Can I have an amen to the fact that there is a refreshing and a reviving that happens within the soul? There's a refreshing and a reviving that happens within the soul when we gather in this house. Can I lay out a challenge for you in the year 2023? Let 2023 be the most faithful you have ever been to the assembling of the saints together. Let 2023 be the year that you decide. I'm going to start putting church in my schedule, not if it's convenient for my schedule. I'm going to make it a year that I'm going to go toe-to-toe with the kids when they don't really feel like getting themselves together and washing their face and getting here on a Sunday morning. The house of God and the assembling together will be a prerogative of mine. Because there's a building up that happens in the house. I don't know about you. I have a prayer closet and I'm thankful for the alone time and the intimate times. But there's another portion of ministry and fellowship that happens when we gather together. There's a building up of one another. There's an iron sharpening iron. There's a getting ready for the crazy week we're getting ready to face here in the house. But I believe the enemy tries to use an attack. And part of his attack is pulling the church away from the harsh reality. Truth be told in context, what's happening here is Zechariah, his time and where where, where the Lord is speaking through him. It's about 20 years after the first exiles from Babylon return and they come back. And they were coming back with this excitement because they had heard the the, the big exciting new days going to happen once they broke out of exile. But here... 20 years later, you're still dealing with ruins. You're still dealing with rebuild. You're still dealing with things that do not look too good in the human eye. But the Lord wanted to speak something through the prophet Zechariah that day when he woke him up out of that slumber. He said, there is a harsh reality you're preaching to and you're declaring the word to. But there is a different reality called the reality on the inside of you called the reality the man on the end what's happening on the inside it's a different type of reality what's going on on the inside many times basketball coaches will tell their players they'll tell them okay now you get up there you make a shot before you make that shot before you make that shot I want you to visualize the ball going through that hoop I want you to visualize that ball going through. Before you ever even tried to take that shot, I want you to visualize that ball going through that hoop. Oh, anybody, anybody know what I'm talking about? That you're standing there in that moment, you got to give your... And if you don't visualize that ball going through the hoop, what normally happens? You miss it. The ball doesn't go through the hoop. 
You missed a shot. The team doesn't get the points. Oh, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. The team doesn't get the points. The team loses the points because they were unable to visualize it going in. The angel was providing Zechariah with a great spiritual resource. Is that he was looking, going to look at the harsh reality, not through the eyes of flesh, but seeing what was happening in the spiritual. See, that's where vision takes place, starts. It's the birthing ground. The birthing ground for vision is not in the reality. The birthing ground for vision is in the spiritual. Do you realize that every single great word from the Lord that is declared is not discovered out in the fleshly reality? It's discovered spiritually first. So Zechariah is looking. He's looking here. And he's looking at a world in ruins. He's looking at a country trying to piece things back together and put things back together and try to rebuild. Build what has been destroyed. You know, we've got a mission as the church of the year 2023. See, I'm going to say this. Liberalism and certain things are not a political attack. They're a spiritual attack. And they're not going to be one in the polling stations. They're going to be one with people praying and seeking the face of God. Because truth be told, we have tried to fight things out in the flesh and argue things out in the flesh when the Lord says, hey, wait a second here, time out. I want you to fight things out and map things out in the prayer closet before you try to do them in the flesh. You want to know something? The flesh is going to fall short. Amen. The flesh is going to fall short. The flesh is going to, and you know what? The flesh is going to fail. Why? Because the flesh is only going to see the ruins. The flesh is only going to see the pathetic side, the, the, the destroyed side, and the destructed side. Wow. That's, that's all we're going to see. We're only going to see the messed up stuff. And then all of a sudden, we're praying prayers like, Oh, God, we're in a state of desperation here. And then all of a sudden, prayer has a tendency to go on the defense when the entire time the Lord desires prayer to be on the offense. You say, well, Pastor Micah, there were times the children of God had to regroup and reform. No, that was all part of the plan of God to begin with. And see, there was an enlightenment that happened in front of the face of Zechariah. So much so, that when he was given this vision, the angel said, okay, okay, Zechariah, I want you to tell me, I want you to tell me what exactly is in front of your face here. In the flesh, they were looking at what was actually happening. Zechariah was said, okay, we got a church that's been destroyed down to the bones. We got economic problems. We've got discouragement. You want to know something that will really, if you want any sign and opportunity for the devil to creep in, it will be discouragement. 
I, I'm going to share that with you. If you're discouraged, pray. I'm going to be honest with you this way. If you're discouraged, don't talk, pray. Get along with God. In all actuality, maybe we need to quit confessing our discouragements and start taking them before the Lord before we confess them out loud. Amen. But here, the angel looks at the prophet and he says, okay, what exactly do you see? It's interesting because the angel doesn't show Zechariah this vision and say, okay, Zechariah, this is what's going on here. This is the vision that's in front of you, but no, there's a little bit of communication happening. When I teach a small group, when I teach a small group setting, I want them to talk back to me. And truth be told, I question whether or not someone has a calling to teach if they can't understand, if they don't have an appreciation for a talking back. There is a difference between teaching and preaching. There is. Teaching's telling it and preaching's yelling it. But here it's almost like this communication, and I, I, forgive me, but I get almost like this vibe of this, this small group type vibe between the angel and Zechariah. Okay, tell me what's going on here. Tell me what's happening. That's why as a teacher, you've got to ask questions to spark discussion. Those of you that teach in the house, I'm going to give you a three-second seminar, Okay. When you teach, if you teach children or adults, make sure you have about four or five discussion questions so people can talk back to you. Now, I know rabbit trails do exist, but I'll tell you this right now. God will give you the wisdom on how to reel it back in. Because there's something about the human mind that I have noticed. Unless the human mind is able to apply what they're being told, it's just simply going in one ear and out the other. There is power in application. I am not a verbal learner. I'm a visual learner. Anybody, we got any visual learners in the house? Amen. I remember going through trainings years ago at my job, and I'd sit and we'd have the book portion, and they'd be like, well, do you have any questions? I said, no, but I will when I actually, it's not going to click till I actually touch it. I begin to put this thing together on my own. Begin to put the pieces together. And I begin to confess them out loud. See, the angel decided that Zechariah was going to confess and declare what he was seeing. Because in the heart of Zechariah, there could have very well been discouragement. There could have been unease. Because of 20 years, there's still all this weight and this burden weighing the people of God down. But it's right there at that moment where Zechariah gets this huge revelation. It's right there at that moment where Zechariah gets this revelation that it doesn't matter what we're seeing with the flesh eyes because there's something happened heavenly that is so far beyond these minds eyes 
You know what can push the church of Jesus Christ? You know what will win souls like crazy? If we realize the work is not based upon human and earthly standards. It's based upon the plan, the design, and the will of God. It's based upon that he can touch, he can anoint, he can appoint, and he can advance. So I'm looking at a situation in ruins. But the angel of the Lord woke up Zechariah out of his slumber. Can I say this for just a minute? I believe I'm preaching to some people that the Lord desires to shake you up and wake you up out of your slumber. I believe there's some people sitting here in this sanctuary this morning. You've become ministerially stagnant. You've become spiritually stagnant. You've decided to leave and step away and walk away because the flesh is weak. But it's when we get to that particular voice, that verse, where we realize something. Our soul and our flesh is discouraged, but it is not by might nor by our power, but it is by his spirit, saith the Lord. He said, I want you to tell Zerubbabel something. I want you to tell this governing official something. I want you to tell him that he might be at a place where he's feeling like he's lacking resource. He may feel like he's lacking unity. He may be facing discouragement and downtroddenness. But I want him to know something. It's not by the might and power of man. It's by the driving force known as the Holy Ghost that is going to bring completion to the construction of this temple hallelujah hallelujah isn't that something how the mind's eye will look at fleshly results and immediately there will be discouragement I was thinking how some were driven by big glorious words prophetic words but yet the people here in Zechariah had not quite seen it coming to fruition when I pastored for eight years, there was something I had learned. There were times blessed men of God would lay hands upon me. They would lay their Bibles on me and say the great things are happening. Can it happen by next Sunday? We're a little short on budget. Come on, God. Hey, man. Oh, glory. You go back the next Sunday. Anybody ever been on that boat to where you have literally stepped out of a church service and you have hucked and bucked every which direction? You're, you've got whiplash because you've shouted so much and you get the most discouraging, irritating phone call. The minute anybody know what I'm talking about. Anybody know because the realities will try to pull you down. But the angel said, Zachariah, before anything comes into the reality, you need to learn in the spirit and in the spiritual it's when we realize it's not by might nor by power but it is by his spirit saith the Lord of hosts hallelujah he says I want to preach to the people I want to let them know I want to let them know that it's not by their, their own recognizance it's not there by their own intelligence it's not there by their own education it's by the spirit of the Lord hallelujah I'm telling you, 
I'm ready for a testimony where somebody begins to walk in the will of God and they say my daddy wasn't a preacher but I had the Holy Ghost. My mama wasn't a Sunday school teacher but I had the Holy Ghost. I've got no church heritage but I do have the Holy Ghost. I've got no whereabouts or understanding of what you're supposed to do on a Sunday night. I don't know how to pray if they handed me the microphone. I wouldn't know what direction to go but bless God that don't matter because I do have the Holy Ghost oh forgive me for getting excited on this New Year's Eve I come from a generation where parties didn't keep us out of church I come from a place where I'm excited about what the Holy Ghost is doing oh come on saints of God I encourage you to wake up out of your slumber. Wake up out of the sleepy places because the Spirit of God is going to drive us forward. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give that word to Zerubbabel. And there's something within the cultural quoting. We will cut it off at saith the Lord. But the scripture goes on to describe saith the Lord of hosts. The multitudes of angels are at his command. Glory to God. If you read the book of Zechariah, there's multiple times where the Lord refers to himself as the Lord of hosts. The Lord of hosts, the Lord of angel armies, the Lord of vastness, the Lord of angelic vastness is behind us. It's the one driving us, pushing us, and thriving us on to the next place. Hallelujah. Oh, it's pushing us forward, pushing us forward, pushing us, pushing us, pushing us. Zechariah looked at that vision and he said, Behold, what I see here is a lampstand. And he begins to share of the vision of that lampstand. A temple that's within ruin. There was instruction given with the lampstand. I want to read a couple verses of scripture here. Found in Exodus. I've lost them in my notes. Could I get my passage from Exodus up there, please? Thank you. Exodus chapter 27, verses 20 and 21. It says, And you shall command the children of Israel that they bring you pure oil of pressed olives for the light to cause the lamp to burn continually. In the tabernacle of meeting, outside the veil which is before the testimony, Aaron and his son shall tend to it from evening until morning. It shall be a statute forever to their generations on behalf of the children of Israel. 
There at the end of verse 20 it says, To cause the lamp to burn continually. To cause the lamp to burn continually, never ceasing. Providing oil so that lamp does not stop. When I was a kid, I was blown away by a picture that my mamaw showed me of a trip she had taken. I think it was to Washington, D.C. Is that where JFK is buried? And there's something on the grave of JFK. It's an eternal flame. And I was thinking, and they said, you know, she said in her big Wilma voice, she said, Micah, that flame goes on and on and on and it never stops. And I used to think to myself, how in the world would you keep a flame like that from going out? How, how in the world would you stop a flame like that from going out? And apparently there's like a gas line that leads to that flame and makes it burn. There's this unending source of gas that flows into that headstone and makes that flame go on and on and on. Now I want you to think for a second. The priest did not have a gas line to keep that thing going. There was a commissioning that they were told to not allow that lamp to go out. And truth be told, as I promised, I'm not going to hold you too long because it's more of a series and it is a sermon on the lamp. There's, there's, there's typologies of the lamp that even come down to the triune God. But there's a key purpose that the lamp served and that was simply to provide light in the house of the Lord. And here what was happening, this temple was sitting in ruins in Zechariah's time. And in, the, in Solomon's temple, according to, that the, there were actually ten lamps. But they were gathered and spoiled and carried off. And if my facts serve me correctly, that they were never returned. We never hear of their return. So these lamps that were supposed to provide light for the house of the Lord were missing. And they were gone. They were in spoil. So the Lord shows us, angel shows Zechariah this vision of this lampstand. And he was giving Zechariah a little bit of a fast forward look of what is getting ready to happen. What he was showing him was for years... You have depended upon a light that had to be lit by a priest. But there is a light that the enemy cannot gather in his spoils. There is an eternal light that continues to flow that the enemy cannot gather within his spoils. And here... Zerubbabel probably in discouragement because things were not piecing together and coming together as quickly and he's dealing with a discouraged people who feel like they cannot worship properly because the house of the Lord has not been built. The angel says, I want to show you something simply put that the lamp and the light is not physical, it's spiritual. And the enemy cannot gather the lamp 
for his spoil. He can't gather the light for his spoil. Then finally, then finally, Scripture had given the promise that Zerubbabel had laid this foundation and he would complete that work. I just simply want to close this morning and share and state and say foundations need to be laid but foundations are only the beginning they're not the completed work there's still a structure that needs to be built there's still a completion that needs to happen amen would you stand to your feet with me this morning Praise God. If the praise team would just come and get, get a song ready. Praise God. I'm going to be transparent with you today, folks. I believe I have deleted some of my notes on my iPad. So it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. <laughs> oh, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory. I, I'm okay. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a human being. I have those flesh moments. And bless God, I had us shouting out of 2021 that we shouted out of a year ago. Those flesh moments, those things that sometimes I'm ready to wrestle the demon version of Godzilla. Sometimes I sit back, I'm like, God, why did you call me to do what you have called me to do? Anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> sometimes, sometimes there's just we're we're up on those mountaintops, but then there's times it's like we gotta find some kind of a glimmer and a light I want to tell you folks something this morning I truly believe that the revelation of that verse in Zechariah chapter 4 needs to become a mantra to some folks I'm talking about a narrative the folks I'm talking to this morning because I believe there is still a great work that needs to be completed but I'll be truthful with you it's going to take the children of God saying as long as I've got the Holy Ghost that's all that matters as long as I've got the Spirit of God, that's all that matters. It is going to take a little bit of a step up. Even outside of the confines of ministry within this church. If you want to see your children saved, it's going to take a step up spiritually. 
Do you want to see loved ones saved? It's going to take a step up spiritually saying, Holy Ghost, you set the stage. As pastor preached and exhorted a little bit a few minutes ago on giving, if we want to see breakthrough financially, it's going to take a step up in a spiritual aspect and approach to giving. In other words, that common verse of Scripture was pretty much saying, forget the flesh. Get rid of the fleshly outlook. Get rid of the fleshly mindset and the fleshly thinking. You remember that old thing, the old church, you say, get in the spirit. I know it didn't always have a totally biblical support behind it. So we did kind of learn down through the years, it was just a fleshly celebration we get into at times but in all honesty we need to lay down the flesh and get in the spirit getting into the spirit in our lives in our prayers in our in our reading the bible in our i mean in every single aspect because there is a work that has got to be finished right now would you just lift up your hands to heaven would you lift up your hands to heaven right now? Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we glorify you, we praise you, and we magnify you, God. We magnify you, God. Lord, we, we declare this morning that we desire to get into the Spirit. We desire, we declare that it is not by might nor by power, but it is by your Spirit, saith the Lord. It's by your spirit, saith the Lord God. We lift up our hands this morning. We make declaration. The year 2023 is going to be the year we step into the spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.